Welcome to Minority Corner, where we take an introspective look at the world through an intersectional lens. I'm James, he, him. I'm a queer political activist, actor, comedian, self-proclaimed sexy blurred. That's a um, black nerd. And each week, I'm joined in the corner by other fabulous minorities and some allies tackling the news, pop culture, politics, media, entertainment, and history with a little self-care, self-love sprinkled throughout, all for our own personal and collective empowerment. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special episode of Minority Corner. This is not a Minority Corner Rewind this week, but a Minority Corner Sit Down, something new that we are trying out here. So uh, it is with great pleasure that we are going to do a sit down with the um, some of the cast, the writers, the director of a new radio drama that is, is already hitting the airwaves, the podcast waves, and taking it over. Uh, it is so lovely. It is the a little radio drama called In Good Company through New Conservatory Theater Center. And this is so special to me because I, I got to be involved in this project. And New Conservatory Theater Center is such a, a, a near and dear place to my heart. It is my artistic community. It is where uh, I started doing uh, theater professionally for the first time. And one of the, not the, but one of the oldest running LGBT theater companies in the country, which Ed Decker, the artistic director and director of In in good company uh, reminded me during this interview. So I, I feels like artistic Thanksgiving that I get to share um, not only this project with you all and getting to interview uh, these amazing talented folks who worked on this project, but just getting to share some amazing people that are, are so important to my life and just a little backstory. So in good company, it is a 10 episode podcast. Uh, the first six episodes are up and ready for you to listen. And it just sort of really, they're 15 minute episodes and really tackle kind of what's going on today. It follows uh, the artistic director, uh, Lola and trying to do a balancing act of running a small LGBTQ plus the Theater company during a pandemic, keeping her family together and producing a new play um, that doesn't have an ending. And it just really tackles all the different issues I think we are experiencing today. It was a lot of fun to work on. And here to talk about this amazing project, we have, I already spoiled it earlier, uh, but we have the artistic director of New Conservatory Theater Center. And also he directed this project that is Ed Decker is here. And uh, NCTC first opened its doors back in 1981. Uh, Ed is just so wonderful. You're going to fall in love with him. He's just been in the game for so long and just really uh, creating a space, not only for LGBTQ plus folks, but just uh, really driving the conversation, creating an artistic space and doing amazing stuff for youth arts education as well that I've had the pleasure of being involved in. We also have Jewel Gomez, who's one of the writers. There's a, a writing team for uh, this radio drama uh, podcast series. And Jewel Gomez is a no novelist, poet, and cultural worker. She's the author of eight books, including the first black lesbian vampire novel, The Gilda Stories. They are fabulous. So you probably maybe have heard these before. Maybe you've read them. Well, we got Jewel here. And Jewel also uh, has been doing a lot of work at New Conservatory 
Theater Center as a writer and representing the cast is a very talented cast and ensemble. Uh, we are fortunate that we're going to have we have Desiree Rogers here for uh, the interview who just uh, amazing actors done not only great stuff at New Conservatory Theater Center currently um, has a short film in the Frameline Film Festival that is up and running right now and also has performed with African American Shakespeare Company and has been doing a series of these wonderful poems, these Sunday night poems, uh, and we'll put a link for those. They're fabulous, and Desiree talks about those as well. So this is a great interview. I I hope you're as excited as I am to be able to share this with you. We talk about also just where is theater's future as we are here in this pandemic? Is this the end to theater? How does it pivot? And the importance of not only this piece, but doing pieces like this. So this is a, we dig in deep to all kinds of conversations involving uh, race, the pandemic, art, and just so much more in queer issues. It's just, it's a fabulous conversation. So here we go. Stick around to the very end. We will do our tweet of the week and our fact check from last week. Yes, we have uh, combed through the different things that were said from last week. And we've got our fact check from last week's episode at the very end. But without further ado, let's get into my interview with the team of New Conservatory Theater Sensors in Good Company. Des, welcome to the podcast. I feel like I'm having my artistic family over to my house uh, for a little artistic conversation. Uh, this is great to have you here. Well, thank you for, for having us. <laughs> yeah, you get to come over to my my neck of the woods here. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> well, Love it. I, I'm super excited. It's especially having you three here on Minority Corner specifically means so much to me because it's sort of like a full circle journey. My first mm. professional theater company job was working with you all on mm-hmm. Waiting for Giovanni. Yeah. That Jewel you wrote, mm-hmm. and it was about uh, James Baldwin. Mm-hmm. That was so great. We had such fun with you. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I feel like uh, James Baldwin's having such a resurgence, and I think Jewel, you were a part of getting that going, getting him back mm-hmm. in the zeitgeist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people missed him, and once they heard about him, they wanted him back. Um, yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah. And in fact, yeah. one of his uh, conversations is used on an episode of uh, Lovecraft Country, uh, the HBO mm-hmm. series. They use. Oh. Instead of, yeah, they do a really cool thing where instead of using music, they use someone's like conversation in the background oh. while events are happening. Very interesting. Oh, yeah. I got it recorded. I haven't tuned in yet. Okay, good. Also, sidebar in the Minority Corner, welcome to Tangents. Tangents do happen here. So that's that's what we do here. But I'm I w- with it. I want to talk about why you all are here. So a little project called uh, Good Company is being done as a radio drama through New Conservatory Theater Center. Ed Decker, as the artistic director and director of this, uh, I, I will dub it, masterpiece. Yes, <laughs> yes. How, it is a lot like masterpiece theater. It's like that, yeah. So how did how did that come about? And Jewel, were you also on the early stages of the development? But Ed, how did this? How did you decide that you were going to do a radio drama? 
Well, you, you, you know, it just sort of happened with the events of the world. Uh, back in early March, New Conservatory Theater Center was one of the first uh, venues in San Francisco shut down due to uh, COVID, the COVID uh, mm. health health epidemic. Right. And um, and it seemed like during that time, every single day we were going through some sort of change and some sort of um, transition was happening as new information was coming out. But then there was always this cloud of uncertainty hanging over over everything. And then there was mm-hmm. more information and 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 um, also sort of health and illness and and also, unfortunately, death. Right. Mm-hmm. And. Um, so all of us theaters across the land eventually were shuttered and are still shuttered. Mm. And I, I just started musing about the, the plight of, of being shut down and having all of this uncertainty. And I thought, gee, I wonder what it would be like if we made a story about a little theater company in Northern California that was shut down during a health pandemic. (laughs) What a crazy idea. (laughs) Let's see if we can make that fly. And and, and it was originally sort of conceived in my mind as sort of a a soap opera of epic proportions. And um, then I reached out first to five writers. Uh, uh, Jewel of was in that um, in that mix mm. of writers, and put together a writers' room. Right. And and in a what? Gosh, Jewel what was it? Let like a three week period. Yeah. Wow. Five of us hammered out uh, ten storylines. Uh, because this then became a podcast series of 10, 15 minute stories that we decided to release episode by episode, mm-hmm. which are, which is now, you know, in, in progress. Right. So once we did that piece, then we went to the brilliant uh, actors uh, of Desiree being in charge there as the artistic director of our fictitious <laughs> theater company. And um, then uh, brought in our brilliant sound engineer, Kaylin Thibodeau mm-hmm. and our technical director, Carlos and our production manager, Stephanie. And off we went. Right. Yeah. And so to Jewel, I, you know, as a writer extraordinaire yourself, how was it collaborating, like being in a writer's room with other writers and working on oh, a series like this? How was that process? Oh, I, it was like nothing I've ever done before. Sure. Yeah. Um, I had worked on a play with two other writers uh, many, many years ago. And that was different because we were very, very close. Mm-hmm. But these were people I didn't know. I knew their work, but I didn't know them. So that was very exciting because you could gather the energy from them. Mm-hmm. You know, if you didn't know what you were thinking about or talking about, <laughs> you can talk to them. And the energy just kept rolling, rolling, rolling. So I found it really amazing. I was quite amazed at how well we got along Mm -hmm. and how interested we were in each other's uh, ability to continue the story. Right. Mm. 
Could so I could cool. I just add to that too, um, really quickly, James? And the fact that as we were doing this, the world kept changing. So in the writers' room, the conversation and the topics of the story were changing as well. And having our characters sort of navigate what was going on in the world in in, in those moments was a really dynamic challenge for for you know for the room and really kept the room really crackling and alive for that that, yeah. that, whole, that whole three weeks because things definitely do it's interesting the you definitely go on a journey with throughout the 10 episodes like it's it it seems like it's one thing and it literally does i feel like able to tackle in this like these little 15 minute episodes it really does able to touch on all the different varying issues that are, yeah. are, are happening yeah. in this time and so what does how was it for you working on Mm -hmm. a series you know 10 episodes to be able to go through this arc and also just like yeah. the process of doing a radio drama have you ever done yeah. anything like this before well I've never done a radio drama before but I'll tell you something so I've always wanted to do a radio play like my whole life I've been like oh my god I want to do a radio play I want to do a radio play and then when uh, Ed called me and he was letting me know I was like yes sign me up I'm with it and you know because it's NCTC it's Ed it's yeah, Jewel it's like I'm course. with it all you gotta do is just tell me where I go you know what right. I mean that's yeah. it yeah when the when the phone rings you say yeah yes, you pick up that's it that's it and um so uh being the artistic director uh for in the in the piece was really very kind of uh challenging but a wonderful challenge because sure. I do my best to take very like not to be in a situation where I have too much responsibility over other people's artistic uh, output. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm a team player. I'm in there. We're doing this all together. That's how it's a team sport. That's why I feel about theater, but I usually am not that person who's like, okay, you know, making sure that there's space for everybody to, to live, mm -hmm. you know, on stage. Uh, so that was, that was nice. And I, 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 I tried my best to like take a little from this artistic director. I know, and take a little <laughs> from this artistic director. I know, you know, and just to, to fill her out, you know? Yeah. It was, it was wonderful, you know, and then it's like, it's NCTC. And then I get an opportunity to work with all these great actors that I've worked with for a long time. And yeah. then, you know, get a chance to say these words and be in this moment right now, mm. talking about what's happening right now. Right. You know, because Ed was saying before, we usually have to, we're looking back, mm. you know, right now we're in that moment yeah. and we're living through this. So, right. yeah. 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 So there great could time. be, what, did you find that, I guess to, well, let me take a step back and- sure. Let's just talk about Ed. Can you just give us a brief description of like what is what is this piece? What is this show? Well, like as I as I mentioned, it's a it's a, a ten episode series, and it's a um, a look at um, a, a small theater company um, and a group of artisans that are navigating the world in the most immediate way they can, sort of mm. flaws and all. Yeah. Um, sometimes mistakes are made, right choices, wrong choices, you know, all of that, you know, mm -hmm. occurs. And we wanted to tell the story. I mean, I, I, I joke sometimes, but really not, you know, making art in America is hard enough on a good day, <laughs> let alone when, when, when the world is going through the transition both on on the, the social justice front mm -hmm. as well as the health and well-being front and then you know don't get me started on the politics mm -hmm. and the election mm -hmm. year that we're in uh, that's a that's yeah. a whole other a whole other subject so what we wanted to do with this series was just sort of try to be part of the conversation mm -hmm. and offer some um, options to 
um, hopefully lead the conversation forward around a lot of these topics. I mean, we don't aim to solve the problems <laughs> of the world because we certainly can't do that. But we are part of the world, and as are the characters in you know in the story, and and they um, like all of us. You know, our work's in progress, mm-hmm. and we all know that making progress takes mountains of work. Yeah. Well, I think what's fascinating, and I just kudos to NCTC and this piece to be able to meet the moment, because yeah. kind of like what you were saying to me, it was kind of reminding me of what art's purpose is, is to not only are we reflecting what's happening, what's ex- what people are experiencing, and so there's a place to sort of have a dialogue and heal from that, but also reflect of like where we think it should go. So mm-hmm. this is where we are, and try mm-hmm. to nudge it in a direction that we think it could go in. Definitely. One one of the things for me that was so wonderful, and I think this is true for the other writers, um, Elizabeth and Eric and Laurel and Tim, we were all as writers kind of in this space of, what can we do? What can we do? What can we do? And then once we're together in the writer's room um, and felt like we were actually able to do something, mm. both creative and uh, helpful to, to others, out in the world who would be listening, I felt much better. And I I think the other writers did too. It gave us a purpose um, rather than sitting at home, staring uh, in the mirror and being full of angst. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Kind of touching on that. So again, like this show really does touch on so many of, except I think if you were to do a sequel, there would have to be like, and now the fires are coming and the politics. (laughs) I know we could do a fire. They have to like evacuate because the fires are hitting or something. Like, (laughs) oh my gosh, this year never ending. But with that, so I, not to give you too much away, but not only does the the show touch on like the issues of like the pandemic and also just like, like you said, Ed, just trying to create, art in general is where the show starts, right? The difficulties Mm -hmm. and challenges of like just trying to create art and then you add in a pandemic and then you add, you know, the, um, you know, civil unrest that's happening and uh, Mm -hmm. the incident with George, uh, the lynching that happened with George Floyd Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. that, you know, triggers a whole entire other character exploration. Desiree, for you, how as a black woman to be able Mm -hmm. to explore that artistically like what was that experience like to also have it to relive that uh hmm. so it was of course good for me because uh i i go there period Mm -hmm. in my life and i'm willing to you know show what i need to show and share what i need to share so other people can go on the journey too and so they can be uh, allowed to feel what they're feeling and yeah. have somebody along with them on that. So I have no problem being there and going there. And that's part of why I, I love being an artist. Um, it, it was um, reliving it and feeling it in the moment is something that was happening already. Right. So it wasn't something that was so hard to jump into because it's just like you, you know, we were raw already. So it was just right there on the surface. So when we were doing those places where we had to go there, we honest all out and full, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, Just kind of going on a technical aspect Ed, how was it directing a radio drama through Zoom and all the different... There's a lot of technical 
pieces. We had Zoom, and then what were we on? We were on Sim- the Simplecast? No. Clean feed. Clean, clean feed. feed. So the mm-hmm. actors had to be on the Zoom, and then you had to be logged into the clean feed. And we, you know, re- the rehearsal, rehearsal process was in tangent with the actual recording process. Mm-hmm. So how was yeah. directing that? Well, it was it was quite an adventure at like Desiree and Jewel and I suspect you um, <laughs> hadn't done a radio series no. um, before. <laughs> so we were like, we've never done this before, but oh, what the hell? Let's do it anyway. Yeah. You know, we just yeah. you just got to do that. Yeah. Uh, making art is always about taking risks, as we all mm. you know, as we all know. But mm-hmm. here's here's some of the things that I discovered um, doing it. I've never created any art where people have not been in the same room together. Mm. So that mm. was the first um, experience. The other thing was I'm used to working with playwrights. Jewel knows this very well, as 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 do both of you, actually, all of you, actually, mm. that you work. I work with one playwright at a time, <laughs> and you <laughs> you you know, and it takes a year and a half to two two years Mm -hmm. from start to finish, right? You just work through and work through and work through. And here there were all of a sudden I had five, you know, (laughs) writers in in this room for three weeks churning out this, this product. And when we started it, we were like, Oh, well, 10, 15 minute episodes. That's no big deal. Those are (laughs) little things. And then we realized what we didn't do was add it all up. Mm -hmm. And that actually is a two and a half hour play. Yeah. Oh, and you, yes. You put, you put it all together that we were putting right. together in three weeks and then asking our actors um, to also have to do in a in record breaking time with brand new characters and, and brand new material mm-hmm. and and sorting out the we got we, we got equipment to all of you. Yeah. In yeah. Your yeah. Homes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or wherever you were sheltering in in, in place, mm-hmm. and then hooking that all up through the Zoom and the yeah. clean feed, and with all those you know those technical things, was you know nightly it was it, there was something we learned every night, some weird thing, <laughs> some happened. construction yeah. happening, yeah. there were construction, yeah. power Dogs. outages, um, uh, phones part- ringing, partners you know. partners making music in the next room or something, exactly, yes. exactly. But you know, <laughs> as we're doing here right now. Now, what a, it was a really joyful yeah. time that we had, even though we were dealing with, we are dealing with some very uh, challenging things. You know, when, when artists come together to tell a story, you know, it's really the joy that, that mm-hmm. carries it, even, even when there are some of the hard realities that have to be faced and, um, and, you know, talked about and dealt with, you know, in the, in the, in the storytelling, but I'm curious for, for the rest of you, how it was doing it in all those different pieces. Uh, for, for me, um, I liked it, you know, cause I was like, okay, I can use this computer, but then I couldn't use my other computer so that I had to use my boyfriend's computer. And then it was just like, oh my God, like, you know, putting everything together, but it was good. And it was fun. And just trying to learn to keep the balance with the mic. Uh, that was something interesting. There were so many technical elements that it kind of reminded me of, it was very, there's a film, like a film, like a lot of film is so much like, it's not, yeah. there's so many technical aspects about it. Mm-hmm. So you had to position yourself mm-hmm. in the right space for the camera or just, you know, it's interesting, like even if you're to do voiceover work, yeah. there'd be an animated character that would help to tell the story. But here it's just your voice, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. how was that experience as like, it's almost like you had to hit the right note and Ed would be well, like, mm, not that part. <laughs> yeah, well, well, it was, 
Oh, go ahead, Jewel. Go ahead. I was just going to say, in having listened to uh, the podcast, that was one of the things I thought was really wonderful. Because, of course, you know, the writers were saying it out loud to each other and reading <laughs> it on the page. But then when I listened to the podcast, it was so great the way you each brought the animated voices, mm, yeah. the emotion, the character was all coming through the sound. I really, I really appreciated that a lot. Yeah. yeah and, and also just to add to that, what the, the magic of the sound designer and the sound yeah. engineer, yeah. the sound effects and the music. And because, you know, you, you have sound design in the, in the theater when we're actually there in the theater as well. And it really sort of ha- is part of the, the, the glue that holds things together in you know, in production, but in a radio setting, it's even more essential mm-hmm. to, mm-hmm. to lean into that because you're asking the audience to engage that sense of, hearing as their sort of main catalyst of imagination for the world that we're creating mm-hmm. it was very rich it was yeah i love the first one did a beautiful job along with the actors i was every time i heard uh a cocktail being poured i got thirsty <laughs> <laughs> and then just helped herself to a cocktail right <laughs> Oh, man, you should have gotten some like absolute sponsorship or something. Like, oh, <laughs> enjoy your absolute cocktail. Ching, ching. <laughs> um, and I have a question for you. So, you know, it's interesting that this moment, I feel like, is almost a full circle moment for New Conservatory Theater Center and its genesis. Um, here it is, uh, another pandemic. And NCTC is honestly one of the, if not, the longest running LGBT theater companies in the country. Am I correct on that point? Well, mm-hmm. Theater Ryan Rosseros has us beat on that by a couple oh, okay. of years. They, right. they, okay. they okay. get that. They get to claim that and, okay. and and bless them, bless them, bless them. Okay, yeah. But what's interesting too is that like, but they're both based here in San Francisco. And I told you this that when I went over to New York, I was looking for my NCTC mm. home and. Mm never found it and came back here and less than like two weeks later was doing another project with NCTC. (laughs) So how do you, I would say like how, how has NCTC been able to just continue to ride the, these waves and maybe you can give a little backstory of like NCTC, how it started. Thanks. That's a, that's a great question. I, I, I think that um, one of the, 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 the things that continues to be astonishing to me, and, and I don't know that how many people uh, know this, but the genesis of NCTC was around arts education for young people. Mm-hmm. Um, our, our programs were originally created to give voice to um, young people through art. And um, when you say coming full circle, you know, we're, we're, we're in a moment where the, um, it is so, well, it's always vitally important, but especially critical at this moment is um, young, giving voice to young people yeah. And, yeah. and teaching and mentoring and helping to lead the way. So, because they're going to be leading the way, you know, mm-hmm. into our future. So that's a real full circle moment for the commitment that NCTC has, you know, in terms of the arts education you know work and then as far as the lgbtq and allied work which came about oh i would say maybe 10 years into our 
uh, nearly 40 years of existence um, to create stories from the queer perspective. Mm -hmm. And that has been a journey that is ever evolving and um, opening doors wider and wider to include as many folks in the queer community as we and allied community, you know, as we possibly, possibly can. Mm -hmm. um, so that makes me very proud as well. And, you know, all of you having worked at NCTC sort of know what the culture is like there and, and how, 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 how we value everyone. Yeah. And um, yeah. Hmm. Desiree, Jewel, yeah. you two are veterans of NCTC. What keeps mm -hmm. you coming, coming back, back to work here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want to go first, Jewel? No, you go first. Okay. Um, Did I leave the room? No, you can stay here. You can stay here. I mean, you're a big, you're a big part of it. So you can stay here. You can stay here. All right, all right. It's your appreciation. We're just going to start talking in, um, what's the thing that, that they used to do uh, when we were teenagers? Pig Latin? Pig Latin? For me, it's a, uh, it's the work that's done there. Like I love stuff that is, I love to entertain, but I love to educate. I mm. love to go on journeys with folks and I love to be different. I love for people to be different than how they were when they came into the theater. And mm. I like that for myself when I go into a project. And so NCTC does those kind of projects, yeah. you know, so I feel like I am in there and I can uh, use my skills and use my gift to further a conversation and to explore it. So, yeah. And I just love the way everybody treats everybody over there. It's like respect and honoring people's gifts. And like, we get on with it. You know, I like that. Yeah. 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 I would say pretty much the same thing. I, I feel like as a, as a writer, we're always looking for some place to be. Mm. Um, and as a playwright, certainly some place to be is, is crucial. So I feel like I got a, a really wonderful gift um, when Ed uh, embraced me, mm. talking, you know, virtually speaking. <laughs> 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 um, and, and, you know, and my work, and I, you know, it's really hard for a playwright to find <clears throat> places that want to produce them and then who also want to help them uh, develop their work, mm. you yeah. know, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Who it's not easy to find people who who will do that and and do it kindly. Mm. Um, so I felt very lucky. I, felt, I continue to feel very fortunate. So each of the people that I've worked with there, from Ed to all through the staff, Barb and and Walt, I just I feel like I'm the the people who are the ushers, mm. volunteers. Mm -hmm. I just mm -hmm. feel like. They're each invested yeah. in the company in their yeah. different ways. Mm -hmm. And they, they're supportive of each other and of the artist. I, I don't, it's hard to, to find that. It's yeah. hard to find that. And I told Ed, I'm never leaving. <laughs> Thank goodness yeah. for this. I was going to say, I think he's okay <laughs> well, too, also, I think, Jewel, you have such an interesting, you know, voice, not yeah. to pigeonhold you, Incredible. but I mean, you are a, you know, queer black woman and you're such a, and a prolific one, I would say at that mm -hmm. too. And I think that was something that was so interesting about this piece of having a queer black artistic director as the lead. Well, it was mm -hmm. just... 
It was just delicious. It was just such oh, a gift. Yeah. And then two, that it wasn't that, oh, she just happens to be black. Right. Explores it. It gets right. explored. It gets yes. unpacked. Like what is her yeah. journey and experience underneath all of that? So I know that must have been, uh, a, a, I guess, joy, but a, 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 a wonderful thing to get to also process for yourself, Jewel, to be able to write that. I, you know, and I, what I love is I didn't even think about, I didn't think that up. One of the okay. other writers brought that up. And once they said, I said, oh my, yeah. that's a whole other thing. That's a right. whole other thing. And that was one of the things about writing. We were pushing each character mm. uh, in different ways. You know, we weren't plopping down a box. Right. This is the executive artistic director box. And this is the fundraising box and you know this is the sage manager box we were really exploring characters um that the writers came up with really interesting characters so that was great fun you know it's like when I teach poetry I usually uh give students participants prompts you know and you'll say uh they're you know they're there, there with their pens poised and you say a rock and you're supposed to write a poem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Desiree's like, let's go. I can do yeah. that. Yeah. And you have no idea what you're going to get back. And it can be, you know, like the most mundane thing about a rock mm-hmm. or about the earth or about, it could be about the heart. It could be about anything. And that's kind of what I felt like in the writer's room. People were saying, hmm, what about this? What about that? And, you know, that's the thing that spurs your um, creativity. Mm. So the three weeks were pretty exhausting and so engaging. Yeah. What a, what a gift. And, yeah. and I guess, is, is this how theater survives, Ed, doing projects like this, like radio dramas? Do you foresee NCTC maybe doing more radio dramas? You're like, whoop, that was enough. Never again. <laughs> well, you know, James, that's it's such a great question because um, I always try to look at the upside of things and the opportunity of things, no matter, no matter what sort of comes your way. And one of the things that I'm very excited about with this podcast already is that there are people all over the world that yeah. are listening to it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, one of the things that I've I've always felt strongly about at NCTC is that in some ways I think sometimes we're we're preaching to the converted. Sure. Yeah. You know, because we live mm-hmm. in San Francisco, which is this sort of more liberal bastion mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and how to get these stories out to the you know the corners of the of the world that 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 need them as much as we need them if if not more. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So learning how to work with these new tools has um, sort of put that, um, you know, be in my bonnet, as they say, (laughs) to sort of look at, okay, how do we continue to um, tell those stories and get those stories out to the places that need to hear them the most or Mm. bring stories in from um, Mm -hmm. different places that are unfamiliar to us and yeah. to share with, mm. uh, you know, our, our audience as well. Mm-hmm. It's a two way yeah. street, you yeah. know, uh, as yeah. far as that's concerned. So I do think that even though we're having to sort of reinvent ourselves in this moment, because the theaters are closed and we want to stay connected to our audiences and we want to figure out how to do that with work. I also think there are some new tools that are going into our toolkit for when we are on the other side of this, that will sort of walk hand in hand with the work that we that we would you know traditionally do at nctc 
Yeah, I definitely hope that NCTC continues to do things like this because it does so many amazing stories get told at NCTC. And like you said, it's actually kind of the reason why I started in my acting career pivoting more towards film and TV because I was thinking about what about that young black queer kid in Nebraska? Like I was, Mm. I did an amazing theater uh, festival with the National Black Theater in New York and it was a great but if you weren't there, and it's like you said, it was like, you know, just the people who are in New right. York and you're like, who, what about the folks that don't have access for it and who really do need it? So I think it's such a great opportunity that NCC could reach even more people. Yeah. And, and I think other theaters will find pieces. that, you know, that up will, will deploy that opportunity as well. Sorry, yeah. Joel, I didn't mean to step on that. No, no. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> step on the rider. No, I was going to say, it's so, it's, I mean, Aside from all of the additional technical things that go with this kind of thing, it's a wonderful way to try out new writers or try out writers from different communities. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about in uh, New York, when I used to live in New York, and I think it's still going, selected shorts. And they do readings of short stories in a theater mm. and they record them and they play them on the radio. Oh, and yeah. it's really amazing because you hear short stories from writers, some of whom you've never heard of, some of whom are really popular. Mm-hmm. And But you get to hear uh, new work, as in, because it's on the radio, it's new, mm-hmm. in ways that you probably wouldn't necessarily be reading this particular writer and it also means that people across the country get to hear a short story by a writer they may never have heard of. So. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. It's yeah. interesting how things are coming full circle. I know, Desiree, sorry, I'll jump okay. in there. It's so interesting that things are like how people were moving away from radio and radio drama, and now we're going right back. Going right mm-hmm. back. It's kind of exciting. Yes, yes it's yeah. my childhood all over again. <laughs> yeah, I have I have two friends that are in the, the band with me, and they were just saying that they loved it so much, and it took them back to their childhood to just sit there on the couch and listen in and have mm. some food and just listen, and they loved it. They loved the two episodes they got to listen to, so it was really What nice. a different artistic, like, also, too, because you get to partake your imagination as the listener Everything. gets to run. You get to create it all in your head. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, you know, reading a book. It's a new mm-hmm. sort of way to take in, you know, stories. I always say storytelling, it's the oldest profession. Yeah. And it's honestly mm-hmm. how we as humans, I think, have been able to survive for so long. Like way back when someone said, hey, don't eat those berries. My grandpa died and we don't eat those berries. You know? <laughs> That's right. Like, that's right. <laughs> that's right. That's the first yeah. play. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so that's, I think, and, and, and I think it's so important of uh, kind of what I was saying earlier, just making sure that we're still getting these stories out there um, yeah. because there is, it's such an unprecedented moment with so many situations and things happening. And I feel like this story in particular is not only a place of sort of uh, processing, healing, grieving, understanding, um, and, and to be able to move forward. Mm-hmm. And also being entertained uh, and being, <laughs> being taken in and entertained and, you know, falling in love with these characters. Yeah. Going on yeah. that journey and just those little episodes there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just I wonder, uh, question, one thing I want to pivot real quick to Desiree, I just want to yeah. give you a big shout out and say oh, for what your Sunday poems. And oh, I think it's beautiful. a great example of um, artists. Um, I guess mm-hmm. like not even meeting the moment, but just sort of, letting their artisticness sort of continue to run Mm -hmm. and also Mm -hmm. helping others. I was in tears earlier today watching one that was just so Mm -hmm. 
poignant to what I was experiencing coming off of a staycation. It was literally about, it's okay to take a break. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that way you can come back. Um, How did you start doing those Sunday poems? Well, um, so I've I've been writing since I was a kid and uh, I've been, you know, I I used to chase my parents around and be like, hey, listen to this, listen to this. I got a new poem, you know, listen. And they'd all just eventually walk away. You know, everyone's like, oh, God, Desiree's got a poem. And like they'd hide and stuff. And I was like, you all got to pay for this one day. But I was like, "Okay, let me go ahead and do this. And so since we had this time, I was like, well, you know what? I still want to connect with folks and I still want to make sure that I get the opportunity to express myself as an artist. And then I have a friend who kept saying, Desiree, you should do some of your poems. I said, I'm going to do something with my poems. I will. And then I said, you know what? Let's just put these things on YouTube and just share them with my friends and put them on Facebook oh, and damn. share them with folks who want to listen and, and um, explore with them, you know, and I, I, some of them are, most of them are from the moment and I, I see what's going on and I write them. And then the other ones are, there's a few that I'm brought back from um, when I was writing and doing spoken words around town in San Francisco for 15 years or whatever, and um, wanted to share some of those. But yeah, I love it. I love it. I'm having a good time. So, good time. so healing. Yeah. Thank you. Thank and I, you. And I think it goes back to what Ed was saying earlier is I, and I, I learned this at NCTC and mm-hmm. that uh, crisis is just another word for opportunity. Hey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Story of our lives, right? <laughs> it was a, it was the first place, the first theater that I worked at when then when somebody said, "Oh, if there's some challenges going on, some difficulties going on, that means you're doing work in there. Mm-hmm. That means that you're going someplace. That means mm-hmm. that you're exploring." And I was like, "Okay, there we are. I like that." Yeah. Yeah. Well, as since you know there are a lot of challenges and we are exploring so much, this is the last question, and I want to open it up mm. to each of you to to answer. So with this piece. What are you hoping that, you know, this series will will do for folks and sort of hopes moving in towards the future? Well, I hope this is Desiree. I hope that <laughs> tons of people will listen to this and I hope that they will be moved and they will be entertained and they will be excited about NCTC and they will be like, oh, when I'm in San Francisco, I'm going over there mm-hmm. or they will want to donate for sure and yeah. make sure that this theater is continuing to do its great work. And um, yeah, I'd like all oh, it'd be nice for more people to know who I am. So yeah. that'd yeah. be great, too. We will, we will link your uh, your 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 YouTube is through your, we'll link your YouTube because as your I Sunday do. poems. They're yeah. so beautiful. Everyone should oh, definitely follow you. We'll link it in the sweet. show notes. Uh, okay. They, it's nice medicine. It's medicine. I, uh, hey, I'm doing it because the people need it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, and it'd, be, it'd be selfish for me just to hold them on to myself <laughs> on, for Sundays. <laughs> just for me. I, I, I think to add to that, all, all that all that Desiree said, of course, and I think it's uh, art is always a great reminder that Um, you know, we are all part of the story and we Mm. all have to take part in the story. Um, And if we expect the narrative to change, we have to rewrite it Mm. ourselves. That's right. And Mm -hmm. that is the point of, um, you know, moving towards change. And so I feel really um, proud that, you know, in some small way, NCTC and, um, uh, the stories that we tell can contribute to that that very very important and active mm-hmm. uh, goal. Yeah. Well, you know, when Ed invited me to do this, he didn't realize that I was already a podcast junkie. Oh, <laughs> I didn't. I, I I listen. I have two things that I I listen to 
on the BBC. Mm -hmm. One is um, The Archers, which is the longest running soap opera in the world. And the other is called Homefront. And it's like a 5,000 episode uh, radio show about World War One. Wow. So, and I've been listening to it since we got, uh, 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 you know, on lockdown. And so I've always been fascinated. And as a kid, I listened to radio. So I'm fascinated with that particular art form, writing for the sound. Mm. And so I'm hoping, in addition to people falling in love with NCTC, uh, who, who didn't know it before, I'm hoping that other artists... Uh, other people of color, mm-hmm. other LGBTQ mm-hmm. plus people um, see, oh, this is something that I could do. Mm-hmm. I could create 15-minute stories that would go up once a week. I could do that. Mm-hmm. And more stories on the air, um, I think, is what humanity needs right now. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I I would just you know Jewel I'm around. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, are we putting in resumes? Uh, yeah, me, me too. Me I too. am here, James too. And if we're doing a second ten episodes, we're both I mean, here. Season and two, both here. Season two. Season two. And I also want to you know shout out to our other amazing yeah. know, actors. Oh gosh, yes. so talented, yes. so incredibly talented. Yes. Elena so, Vajo, James O. Uh, Chris, yeah, Chris Morell, yeah, Chris Steele, yes, Chris Steele, yeah, oh, Chris what a, what a group. And, and our own James Martin up there of doing latest interviews. I had a little cameo, a little. I said a few lines. <laughs> oh, awesome! Uh, I, I was break. just working with Kaylin today, editing the Jasmine section. Ooh, Jasmine Felicia so, Jones, already. Well, I so, do look forward to her spinoff. Maybe Jewel, you and I could have a little session. I can talk about my 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 visions for Miss Jasmine Felicia yes. Jones for yes. spinoff. <laughs> okay. Oh God, she becomes a firefighter. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, with that, you'll everybody, if you're listening, please definitely, uh, you'll need to do this. Subscribe to New Conservatory Theater Center's Good Company. It is available wherever you listen to podcasts. 10 episodes, it's up and ready to go. Rip roaring for your listening ears and pleasure. Uh, Desiree, yeah. Jewel, Ed, I want to thank you all so much for coming to Minority Corner. It was so great to have like my artistic family here. Like I said, what a gift. So thank you Yay. for everything that you all do. Keep letting your artistic light shine bright because the world needs your gift thank you, you James, too, James. we love you, love you thank James. you so much for having us oh this is the best I wanted to be on your show this is so good <laughs> it took a while for us to get here didn't yeah, it, it did. <laughs> thank you thank you thank you alright well that's it y'all oh, thank you so much and uh, appreciate you I love you bye One cannot live with sighted eyes and feeling heart and not know or react to the miseries which afflict this world. Your quote of the week comes from Black queer playwright Lorraine Hansberry herself. That just felt very fitting. I've been hearing from so many people of how sad they are, how much things hurt. And I would say, of course, if they didn't, you wouldn't be human and you wouldn't be paying attention. Uh, But we can expand to, and when you think about expanding to take on these things, you take a breath first. You prepare yourself, you put your own oxygen mask on first, and then take that expansion to take all of these things in 
It hurts because we are alive and because we feel compelled to change it, to make things happen, to create art, to uh, speak up at work, to speak up when we see something happening on the street, to make calls, to write postcards, write letters, to be in the arena, to vote, to make that change. So thank you, Lorraine Hansberry, for that. And big thank you uh, to Desiree, Ed Decker, and Jules Gomez for coming on the show today. Such a joy. I hope you enjoyed that as well. Let's get to the fact check. Ooh, fact check. Mm, I feel like we need some like radio DJ <laughs> music there. All right. There's a few things, uh, many things that I just kind of want to point out. We went on this huge conversation last week talking about WandaVision. One thing that I forgot to point out of why it's so exciting and interesting about um, WandaVision in the comics, we're going to get nerdy here for a second. In the comics, Wanda uh, famously said, no more mutants, which uh, cleared out and retcon most mutants, mutants being X-Men. Uh, there were pretty much just a handful. I think it was like something like uh, there was a ton of X-Men. There was a ton of mutants. And then they made it so there wasn't so many mutants, maybe like 100 or so. Even Jubilee lost her powers. But I think she became a vampire. Anyways, why am I talking about this? Because it's theory, theorize, theorize. There's a theory that Wanda might do the reverse and wish mutants into existence. So if you know that Fox and Disney have merged together and that they're going to be retconning the X-Men, bringing the X-Men in at some point, this could be how they come in through Wanda maybe wishing mutants in, uh, maybe because her she has her two children in her imagination and her WandaVision land with Vision. I'm going deep into the rabbit hole. You guys are like, what the fuck are you talking about? Anyways, mutants might be coming is what I'm saying. I also, we talked about um, Jonathan Majors from Lovecraft Country being cast as King the Conqueror. What's so interesting about that is in the comics, King the Conqueror, him being the villain in Ant-Man 3, um, King the Conqueror is Nathan Richards, who's Reed Richards' son. So does this mean the Fantastic Four are coming and that the Fantastic Four might be black? Hmm, maybe. Who can only hope? Scott Derrickson was the director of the first Doctor Strange movie. He's no longer. Sam Raimi is going to be taking it over. Um, there was some conversation about uh, Tibet, that Tibet was pretty much erased from the first Doctor Strange. Yes, uh, the Ancient One, who was played by Tilda Swinton in the comics, the Ancient One is someone who was born originally in Tibet, and that was obviously not no longer. The story is that they did that because they didn't want it to be a stereotype, um, but the real thing behind it is that uh, because of China's relationship with Tibet, that they had just erased it completely. We had mentioned that it's illegal to seek asylum. It sure is. The United Nations in 1951 convention and 1967 protocol defined a refugee as a person who is unable or unwilling to return to his or her home country and cannot obtain protection in that country due to past persecution or a well-founded fear of being persecuted in the future on account of race, religion, nationality, membership, and a particular social group or political opinion. So when you talk about all this like immigration stuff, a lot of people, again, are seeking asylum. They are refugees. And a lot of it's because of shit that we've done to their countries. So again, we have to use our own laws and constitution back at these 
conservatives or people who are trying to uphold, quote unquote, the Constitution, we got to throw it right back at them. Our rights are being taken away. Other people's rights are being taken away. Don't let them use the Constitution against us because it's on our side. The laws are on our side. Look at the words. We had mentioned all white primaries and that is like, what is that? And I was like, I'm not sure, but I think we know what it is. Oh, we sure do. All white primaries were primaries uh, that would uh, happen in some of the former states of the losers, Confederates. Uh, it happened between 1890 and 1908. Um they were primaries established by the state Democratic Party at that time. Remember, Democrats were um, not my friends back then, and were only white people were permitted to vote. Uh, okay, I had we talked about Maceo Snipes, who was a black man who voted in after fighting in World War II, came back to vote and was shot and killed. And there was a sign that said "First Negro to Vote." That'll be the last thing they did. I had said, oh, that was a nice sign. I didn't elaborate on what it meant. I'm surprised they said the word Negro. That's what I'm saying. That's what that was nice. They didn't say uh, nigger. They said Negro. So I was impressed by that. And then they murdered him. So not impressed by that. There it is. In talking about the Voting Rights Act, I had mentioned that every president uh, before has ratified it that's not what i meant because presidents can't ratify that's a thing of voting members like a congress uh, what i meant to say was they uh extended it uh re-signing it those were the proper words that i meant to use ford reagan bush even them they all have uh done it i think uh ronald reagan said it was one of the cornerstones of uh american democracy even fucking ronald reagan isn't that crazy and Look at conservatives now. Even shittier. Shelby V. Holder. I couldn't remember which state that took place in. That was in Alabama. The recent Supreme Court case, which has been the precedent for just gutting the Voting Rights Act. Thank you, Supreme Court. I had said the wrong words. I had said that Justin Roberts was a mentee of William Rehnquist. It's the other way around. What I meant was that William Rehnquist was the mentor to Justice Roberts, which is why Justice Roberts has just really had it in for voting rights in uh, gutting the Voting Rights Act in general. William Rehnquist led the charge in Arizona to discriminate uh, folks who were of uh, Latinx, specifically Mexican origin or First Nations people. So thanks, Justice Roberts. And can you use a gun license to vote? I said it, but I wasn't really sure. But yes, it is absolutely true. Like, in fact, in uh, in some states, you can use your gun license to vote. For instance, in Texas, you can use your gun license to vote, but you can't use a student ID. All right, that was the fact check. Woo, had a lot of things to look at through there. Let me know if I missed anything. Takes a village here at Minority Corner. <laughs> Let's get to the tweet of the week. And this is a really great conversation. Just people really responding to last week's episode. I thought it was a lovely one as well. And seeing some of the responses coming in. Let's see. At, at Madam underscore Macbeth. Ooh, good thing I'm not in a theater. Uh, <laughs> so I can say that we talked about theater, but I'm not in one. Uh, they wrote... I always learned so much from this podcast. Growing up in Texas, they never told us about some of these things, and we had to take a whole year of just Texas history. Wild, right? Yes. As last week, we talked about uh, Yovita Idar and continuing the conversations about the Texas Rangers who just slaughtered Mexican-Americans. 
just slaughtered it. You too can get involved in the conversation on Twitter. We are at Minority Corner. Also, we are on Instagram. Follow us there at Minority Corner. And then we've got uh, this week coming up. Uh, we will be talking about the debates. It's the first debate. Woof. Oh, Lord. In fact, if this is Tuesday. This is coming out, which means the debates are tonight or they are happening now as you're listening. Uh, and we will have Amanda Wilkerson here on Friday who's going to help us unpack the debate. She is a uh, just uh, a political wonderkin, I would say. She has been uh, organizing for campaigns. She's just uh, really amazing, and I'm excited to have her on the show and to help us get our butts in gear for how we can get involved in this political cycle. Tips and tricks, um, organizations that need our help, text banking that needs our help, and just all the great things that we can be doing. If you have questions, maybe you have been um, volunteering or you've been apprehensive about volunteering or you just have questions about navigating this political cycle, you can email minoritycorner at gmail. Let us know your questions so I can ask it to Amanda. You can We're going to ask Amanda anything involving politics and the election. You could also leave a voice memo if you'd like. We'd love to get your voice on here as well, but you can also uh, just email that there and don't forget you can still listen to in good company the first six episodes are out uh, it is on wherever you listen to this podcast it's right there too so make sure to smash that subscribe button and uh, listen to in good company let me know what you think i think it's uh, just the thing to uh, radio dramas are making a comeback and i'm in it so that should be a good selling point to you as well i play a, i play a high schooler oh yes this voice uh, <laughs> and some other characters you can see where I pop out at. All right, that's going to do it. I appreciate y'all so much. A big thank you to our editor, Sarah Brown. And a big thanks to Sam Jackson, our production assistant coordinator. A big thank you to the Maximum Fund members. We can't do the show without you. And thank you to all of you for listening to Minority Corner because together we are the majority. Love y'all. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned, audience supported.